Hey, what's going on, guys? Fareed Mahdi here from Massive Appeal, and I have my special guest here, Usman Saleh. Usman Saleh, if you want to introduce yourself. Yes, uh, Usman Sadik here. My, uh, I've been uh, practicing as a family lawyer for about five years now. I've known Freeze for about, how long has it been? Like 20 years? 30? Wait, how old am I? I'm 33. We met when I was like, what, 13, 14? Yeah, so like, yeah. holy shit, 20 Time years. Flies. <laughs> that's insane. That's insane. Time flies. Time flies. Wow. You don't realize it until you add up those numbers. Mm, that's right. But, um... <clears throat> So yeah, you started doing family law five years ago. I went to law school. What made you get into family law? Because I know you got you started with uh, you did your articling in personal injury, right? Yeah, yeah, I did my articling in personal injury. Um, and uh, what was it? well, actually, I my first first year of law school, I, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, uh, work with a real estate lawyer in my uh, summer, and I hated it. It was the worst experience ever. In terms of being exposed to an area of law, yeah. uh, boring, yeah. number one, mundane, and like, you know, just same routine. Was over it that again. specific firm that was making it boring? No, I, I, think, I, think, I think generally, it's just the that area of law itself was extremely boring, mm. but it was fantastic in terms of the learning experience of how to of how to run a business and how not to run a business and mm. what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the small, the sole practitioner startup, and uh, um, it was an amazing experience in that sense. Yeah. I really got to see how somebody who's starting out, um, the kind of stress they go through, um, what they have to do on a daily basis, right? So it was an amazing learning experience, and I thank him, the individual who let me uh, have that opportunity, um, because I learned a lot from him in that respect as well. And then in my second and third year uh, law school, I wanted to do, I wanted to make money, essentially, that was the goal. And I said, you know what, why don't I try personal injury? And uh, my second year summer, I was exposed to it, and in my training period, which is the articling period, which yeah. is kind of like the equivalent of residency for doctors, yeah. uh, for about 10 months I did that. And yeah. then I realized I didn't enjoy personal injury yeah. either. Uh, were, nah. Did you Were you into personal injury at all like before you did your articling? Or you just kind of like, what made you get in, what made you apply there for uh, your articling? Was it that's the only place you got in? Or was it like mm-hmm. you only applied to personal injury places? Mm-hmm. Well, my second year, they had this, uh, in my second year of law school, in the fall semester of your second year, mm-hmm. They had this process called uh, on-campus interviews, where you go in and uh, you basically get to interview with, you know, multiple firms in different practice areas, right? Those corporate firms and uh, general practice firms. And I landed about seven or eight interviews, and I didn't get any call back. Yeah. Right? I was tripping out. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. wait a minute, in my second year. And I had stuttered yeah. grades. I had like, you know, like a, you know, like a top 10 percentile, yeah. whatever. So I, I thought I was a badass, yeah. you know. Top my shot. Yeah. I knew everything, yeah. right? So this is an easy breezy yeah. walk in, do the interview, and I'm done, right? Yeah. Um, then reality hit me in the face. Yeah. I was, wait a minute, it's not just about the grades, right? Um, what else is it? So then I went to panic mode, yeah. and then I think from like November in my first semester of second year um, to like January, like almost like three months, yeah. I was just like sending out massive emails. Like, yeah. like I probably should have invested in like an automatic email sender or something, but yeah. what do you call those things? Like an autoresponder? Yeah, like you know, you send like multiple, like Mailchimp or something. Yeah, so like some sort yeah. of. I probably uh, should have invested in that. But I was just like, I'm pretty much like technologically handicapped, yeah. so yeah. I literally like you know manually sent out like 300 emails, I think, like random firms, like everybody, right? Okay. And luckily, I guess I landed on one firm in Markham, uh, who was doing personal injury, right? yeah. and got a call in January or something, yeah. and. Um, 
called me in February, and then they said, okay, you know what, for your second year summer, yeah. which runs from like May, June, July, August, yeah. right? I did personal injury there, basically. So once I started doing personal injury, I saw the amount of money these lawyers were making. I was yeah. like, holy crap, like, yeah. this is money, right? Yeah. And then that time again, you yeah. know, I'm like, this is easy breezy. Yeah. I just walk in, you know, yeah. and get trained in this area and start my own business, yeah. right? So then in my articling, so this is after third year. Yeah. You have a training period for 10 months, right? So that firm, that, that was like a smaller firm? <clears throat> it was a smaller firm, yeah. It was a smaller firm. It, was like, it probably had like two, yeah, they had two lawyers, one articling student, yeah. and like two clerks, I think. Um, but they were doing good, right? They had like all these files and, you know, basically working there, I was like, you know what, why don't I give a shot with a bigger firm, right? So then what I did was in my uh, third year, uh, well, in the second year summer, sorry, when I'm working at the small firm, you you make application, you send out applications to like uh, uh, for the training period uh, requirement, right? So I sent out a few applications and I really just targeted personal injury firms, Ooh. the big ones, right? I can... You know, like the base equivalent of personal injury firms, yeah. you could say, right? And I landed an interview with a really well-known firm up uh, up in Barrie and uh, got called in, got the interview, landed the articling position. So now I'm on like, you know, I'm like on top of the world yeah. thinking, okay, this is it. I'm set, right? Yeah. So then I started articling in July or August. Articling uh, eight months or ten, 10 months, months? 10 months, 10 months. So I wrote the bar first. After, after yeah. I finished my third year, yeah. I wrote the bar and then I started in like, I think, August. Okay. Right after my third year of law school, so I'm done law school now, and then uh, what I do is for ten months I articled up in Barry, and slowly, slowly over the course of a few months, I start realizing that maybe I made a mistake. Yeah. What was yeah. the reason? I hated it. <laughs> it sucked. Is it because like personal injury they're doing like shady stuff or like? Well, just... not necessarily. Just well, there there's a few things. The big firms are not really doing shady stuff. Anymore. Well, not really. And the thing is, no one. No one's really doing anything shady. It's more just like the nature of the practice where yeah. you come across certain clients or individuals. Yeah. And that's, as a lawyer myself, yeah. like in terms of generally speaking, like you deal with different characters all the time, yeah. right? So it's not like you're involved in being shady. Yeah. It's just like the characters you meet, yeah. they may be shady. Yeah. And you can't like, you know, your, your role is not to investigate and find out what the real truth is. It's yeah. more like, okay, you come to me, you tell me your story, and within the ethical bounds, I have yeah. to present your case, right? So anyways, that was probably part of it, but a big part of it was it was just really boring, to be honest yeah. with you, right? Like, I was day in, day out reading medical reports, and then uh, it got to a point where whenever I was driving, I'm like, I'm making an accident yeah. or something, right? Yeah. On top of that, just from a business perspective, I realized that this was not an easy industry. Like, it was uh, very competitive, number one. And also from, like, the practice of law itself, I realized I had a lot more training to do. It wasn't like, you know, once I'm done training, I can open up my own, like, firm right away and like yeah. have 10 lawyers working for me and everything's yeah. like smooth right yeah. so that's kind of more like a reality hit right and i think a lot of articling students do, do go through that right do you think um let's say you work at like a huge family law firm or a criminal law firm wouldn't it kind of have like the same experience or not maybe yeah. i don't know maybe and i think we i think at that time really what it was was just the adjustment factor yeah. right that you're you're just graduating from law school, yeah. and now you have sort of this like theoretical or academic understanding of how everything works, yeah. and then there's reality, right? Yeah. And um, as the, as the months grew, now the firm was fantastic. I learned yeah. a lot. Yeah. Learned a lot about, and now I look back and I realize what I learned. But in that state, I thought I wasn't learning anything, right? You think oh, this is all pointless, yeah. right? And that's an interesting thing about life itself. Like as you're going through uh, certain motions throughout life, you think, you know what? 
this is pointless, but it all kind of connects at the end of the day, right? So I learned, now I look back, I learned how important it was to have systems in place for a business, how important it was to have a good schedule. Like the guys I was working with, for example, the, the two partners there, these guys are in their 60s and they're like up at 6 a.m. in the morning, working out in the office, hustling, bustling, and then going back, working out in the evenings, I think even yeah. they said. Um, but just like that focus, yeah. that drive, that's what I saw in them, right? And I realized, you know what? doesn't matter uh, how smart you are necessarily. Yeah. It's more about the the systems you have yeah. and how much focus and determination and drive you have, right? And then it all kind of fits in together, how to talk to people, how to deal with people, um, the business aspect itself, right? Um, how to manage employees, how to manage yourself, manage your uh, relationships with even like, you know, opposing counsel or in this case, we were dealing with like, you know, insurance companies and yeah. stuff like that, right? So anyways, then what happens is I think... Um, on top of that, I got married while I was yeah. articling, so that was kind of weird. Why are you articling? Yeah, I got, it was kind of like a curveball, right? Yeah. Like, I thought it would be very easy to deal with, and yeah. then I realized, wait a minute, I probably should have, like, either got married before, yeah. or maybe gotten married, like, after I finished my articling, yeah. right? So then wedding happened, like, dead center, like, an articling, and so wait, took some time off. So wait, the articling, was it, like, so some people, when they think of articling, like, on a Bay Street law firm, they're, like, working, like, crazy yeah. hours, 60, 80 hours, was it, like, kind of like that, or was it more, like, 9 to 5 kind of thing? You can make it nine to five, right? But then you're not really gonna learn much, I'd say, because a lot of the learning happens like in the, before you start or after yeah. hours. Like you kind of have to really work with uh, what you like. There's a learning curve, right? Yeah. So with any learning curve, you're not gonna be able to learn it in nine to five. Okay. It requires you to think about it after hours and uh, on the weekends. You kind of do some homework and stuff, right? Yeah. And it got to a point where it was almost nine to five near the end, but maybe it was because I was getting a little lazier at the end as well. Kind of like, kind of, you know disillusion from personal injury i wasn't really concerned about being a personal injury associate um so when i finished that what happened i took a few months off uh i just got married did you know right away that you're not going to do personal injury was uh you pretty much like in the last few months i was like you know what i gotta find something else but i had no idea what i was going to be i was actually I pretty confused yeah. um and this is i think where where, where freed steps in and then, <laughs> you know freed gives me an idea that hey why don't you start uh, uh your own firm and i thought he was crazy Looking at it, yeah. like, you're nuts. Yeah. You know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So, um, I think it took three, four months off. Fast forward till you started the actual firm. That was when. <clears throat> so, I started the firm December 2013. Yeah, 2013, I believe. Or 2012. I think it's 2013. 2013. Yeah, December 2013, I started the firm. Um, and at that time, again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Really confused. Yeah. And, um, it was more kind of like, you know, do or die situation. I was like, you know what, this is it. Yeah. So let's figure it out. Now, I, uh, backtrack a few months. I did get an offer for a personal injury associate uh, at another firm. Yeah, not where you did No, no. Some, it was actually where, uh, yeah, it was somewhere else in like Markham, I think, or Toronto. The border of like Toronto, Markham. Okay. And I was like, whatever, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And then at the same time, like, okay, you know what? I got this offer. That yeah. means I am able to get a job at least. Yeah. So let's try this business thing, right? Why not? So December I start the firm, but it was it was it was you know my brother also my younger brother Salman he said you know what I'll, I'll help you out help you with the business aspect in terms of you know managing. He anything. didn't come on board right away, right? That was like um, after, well he was helping in terms of like setting up everything with me, right? Like yeah. just kind of like finding the office and setting up yeah. the office that kind of thing, right? And then when we start in like end of December, early January. Um, that's when you know you had made the website for us. Yeah. So Freed had actually, you know, you, you I think you started making it in October or November. 
I don't know, like a few months before. Yeah, I think we were trying to get it ready for like January, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. so anyways, we, yeah, so I think when that happens then in January was like the first official launch. Right. And like the first week went by, when yeah. it, was, it was pretty interesting because like whenever I get a phone call, I would like jump up and like run to my brother and say, hey, we got a phone call, right? And I think our website had like 24-7 open and yeah. available, right? So I was like fielding calls like 11 at night. Yeah. And every time the phone would ring, you know, it was, it was pretty insane. Yeah. Right, um, and then like how? Cause you're just excited. I just, just didn't like expect anybody to call me. I was like, you know, whatever. I was very skeptical. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, and that's that's the thing I learned as well yeah. over the years that you can't be skeptical. Yeah. You can't be disheartened about anything. You kind of have to just go with the flow, and as long as you remain focused, like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, I think one of our other friends, uh, Imran. Yeah, and he talks about this. He said this once to me. He said it's kind of like a heat-seeking missile, right? You you have a target. And then you make adjustments accordingly so that eventually you're on target. So the first target was open the firm, right? Well, the target was to have a firm open and running, right? But first step in that was open an office, build a website, and then make that. The next adjustment was learn how to give a consultation. The next adjustment was learn how to close the client. The next adjustment was learn how to do the law, right? Or how to run the files. There's adjustments every step, right? Step by step by step. And then I think after like three months, it got to a point where you know the phones were ringing off the hook, we're getting clients in, and Salman realized that he, my younger brother, he realized that he couldn't really handle a full-time job and work at the firm. So he was working full-time that time. Anything he was working for, he was working from like, like nine to five at Young and Shepherd, and then he would, I think, I think he would bus it actually. He didn't have a car that time, so he would bus it. I think, or he would, maybe it was my my dad's car. He would bring to Dufferin Finch where office was and then from there it was like six to like nine so yeah. i'm there from like nine to nine basically yeah. right? and he's also working nine to nine yeah. so then he and then it got to a point where it wasn't sustainable where they realized you know what uh we think you gotta quit your job here yeah. so for him it was a big leap of faith as well because yeah. at that time he was also married yeah. and it's like quit your job right yeah. quit your job and come work with me yeah. and there's no like you know there's, there's no security net in the yeah. sense that you know there's well, no guarantee he waited a little bit to see how it was gonna go he didn't yeah, before, like yeah, that's true. That's actually before. a very important point. Yeah. You're right, absolutely right. He didn't. Like, he, he. It was a calculated risk. Yeah. It wasn't like this gamble. It wasn't yeah. like a gamble, basically, right? Like it wasn't like whatever will leave the chance. But <coughs> <coughs> sorry, <coughs> it was a calculated risk. Um, and but still, like it wasn't like he was making. It wasn't like he was making anywhere near yeah. what he was making as previous firm, yeah. right? So. Comes on in March, I think April, and then from there we had we had one office and a cubicle, yeah. and then what happens is by like June, July time we realize okay, you know what, maybe it's not as impossible as we thought, mm-hmm. and we realize you know what, it's just about being, you know, uh, just staying focused right day in day out. So Monday to Sunday basically, I'd say as we were living there, right? Consistency yeah. is key, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of like working out, you know, if you go to the gym and you go once a week. Good luck. You're not gonna see any benefits. But you yeah. go, if you go to the gym like four or five times a week, and you go for twelve months, you'll be a beast, yeah. right? Um, and it's only like half an hour or forty-five minutes. It's sitting and working, right? Like right. it was really just making sure we had focused time. Like people think you gotta work like twenty-four hours to run a business, but it's not about the hours; it's the quality of hours too, right? So that was a big kind of wake-up call to me as well, realizing that it's about being efficient throughout my day and just really learning and then building on what I've learned and then applying that and then moving on to the next goal, right, of learning. So learning every day, learning every week, every month, every year. But I guess to answer your question why I got into family law, 
uh, a fluke, I think. Like, I think when we started, we were also doing immigration. Yeah. But the website we created was Family Law. Um, we saw a market for it. I think even, uh, again, you had suggested to us, hey, why don't you try out simple divorces? Take yeah. on some easy cases. Yeah. And who knows? You might make, like, you know, a few cases and you learn from that, right? Yeah. And that's the advice you're giving me, actually, yeah. that that's how you learn. I was in panic mode, I think, back in, like, October, what I wanted to do. Um, and then I think after four or five months of realizing that, okay, there seems to be something here in family, I started enjoying it as well. And I really started enjoying the kind of like the, like, like just being involved in everything, learning the business side, the consultation, the legal side, dealing with clients, dealing with other people. You know, it started to become enjoyable, right? And that was a big, big kind of wake up call at that. It was like a reality, it was a new reality check basically for me that, you know what, it's not so bad. And um, you don't have to necessarily know what you want to do in life to be good at something. Uh, to, sorry, to like this whole thing of like pursue your passions, I think mm. is BS, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I don't believe in it. Yeah. Um, because I think what matters more is to become really good at something. Yeah. And once you become really good at something, you will enjoy it. Because a lot of times we don't get joy or we don't find satisfaction in things because we don't know how to do them or they're too stressful or... You know, this is too difficult, for example, right? But if you become or if you become good at something and then you can make money off of it, then you will start you to enjoy it, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. definitely find it enjoyable, right? Like, it's just, like, so easy now, right? Like, it's like, you know what? I'm making money off this. People are happy. My clients are happy. And I'm making money off this. So then it's just kind of day in, day out. You realize, you know what? I enjoy being good at something. That's kind of like a human, I think, um, need. As human beings, we need to want to feel uh, valuable and good at something right so it it's i learned a lot about myself as well it's in the last few years too right so yeah family love is kind of i guess you could say it's kind of like an accident i fell into it yeah. but definitely enjoy it now going forward do you think you're just going to focus on family law or dabble in some other areas of law or what do you what do you think in the future i thought about it a lot but i think where we are right now and looking back at the five years you know one thing i've learned also is that's once you got something good, don't be looking at other areas too quick or other opportunities when you have something really good in your hand already, yeah. because you're better off staying focused on one area than dabbling. And this is actually a very common issue in, in lawyers as well. Like there are some lawyers who do general practice, and there's different reasons for that, right? Some have to out of necessity, and you can't blame them, right? They got to put food on the table, right? Yeah. So, you know, I know some people are like, oh, this guy does everything. He does. He dabbles in it. Well, that's fine. Like if he's doing it because he has to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. But once you've passed that and you have the ability to have security in your life, I'm talking about basic needs, yeah. right? Like you got your, your rent covered, your, yeah. your your car covered, and your food on the table. Yeah. Then it's better to focus in one area and become a specialist in it because you will make just so much more gains. And again, it's that time, right? Like you don't have time on your side to be dabbling in everything, right? So I tried it. I tried yeah. even like up until like a few months ago even, I tried yeah. experiment actually. I wanted yeah. to take on a criminal matter. Yeah. It was so bizarre because I didn't know anything about it. And I somehow got a client, it was like a pro bono case. Yeah. And I'm calling my buddy in Windsor, Khalid. Yeah. I'm calling him. And he's basically training me on how to do everything, but it was just so much anxiety associated yeah. with the top of that. Even the guy knew I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? Yeah. The client who I was dealing with, he, he knew. He's like, Was this a referral from like a family case? It was, like, like, was in the community. It was in the, okay. it was in the community. Okay. Someone knew me. Yeah. So like, whatever. Like, I'll do a pro bono. Yeah. But it was, what was funny was like, you know, I had. I realized right then and there, again, it was a reminder check, right? That, look, this is why you don't dabble, right? Like, when you have something good going, that time that I invested in learning something new, 
I could have spent those 20 hours on my own business, right? And just learning something different, right? Uh, or in my field, but, you know, learning something new in my own field, right? So, and also just, you know, I think um, in the day and age we live in, there's um, the need to be a specialist now in, in, in every area, right? So back in the days it was different, right? Back in the days, you had to be a general practitioner because that's how the nature of the game was. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be able to acquire clientele at a volume uh, by just doing one specialty area. So yeah. you would have to do everything, right? Um, but now it's it's a lot different, right? Do you have any advice for people that are thinking of going into law school, thinking of getting into law, that are maybe about to write their LSAT or like anything like that? Uh, again, yeah. So it's very difficult for me to tell anybody to go or not to go sure. because I think it's a very personal decision. But there are some basic like principles, right, that I think apply across the board whatever you're doing. Like, number one, don't expect that whatever you decide upon um, before applying or even in law school that necessarily that's going to get you, like that's what you're going to end up being. So for example, before I went to law school, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer, right? Yeah. I was taking criminology in undergrad, and naturally, you know, because I was in that field, I said, you know what, I'll be a criminal lawyer, right? And it turned out that I'm a family lawyer, right? Like completely opposite, I guess, end of the spectrum yeah. right here, right? Uh, well, in some respects, they're kind of intertwined, but criminal law is, at least, is very different in its own respect, right? Yeah. But one thing I would give advice to anybody is that whatever you're going to do, it's fine. Just don't be hung up on the fact that you have to find that perfect area of law or um, that perfect kind of like area of study or business, whatever it is. Just become really good at what you do, meaning develop the skill set, right, the principles, because those principles can be applied in any area, right? Like if you become, if you want to be a criminal lawyer and you test it out for a year and you hate it, well, at least the skills you've learned of how to communicate effectively how to advocate for your client effectively, how to research effectively, you can then switch gears and test out a different area, right? Mm -hmm. Or let's say you hate law. You're like, you know, law sucks. I hate it. Which I've heard people say that, right? And that's fine. But then maybe use those skills that you've learned in law school of critical thinking and, you know, just how to approach a problem, break it down, and then attack it. Um, you know, you can use that in, in any area, really. Right? And there are people who do that. There's lawyers who now are no longer practicing, but they're working in, you know, government jobs and policy development, for example, or some become consultants, for example, or they go completely different. They become teachers even, right? Academic area, for example. So I don't think it really matters if you know what you want to do. Um, again, like I said earlier, no one really knows, I think. I think that's something that's developed over time. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a police officer. Yeah. At one point, I wanted to be an astronaut, right? Yeah. So I don't think, you know, that really plays a big role. Okay, last know. question before we wrap things up. Now, People that are in law, people that are already lawyers or just in the legal field generally, uh, what should they do in terms of online marketing or digital marketing to like either get more clients, mm -hmm. get their name out there, or get uh, referrals? What's your take on that? Definitely. I think in the day and age we live in, uh, understanding how digital marketing works, understanding how advertising works, understanding how to you know communicate yourself to the outside world of why they should contact you is very important now, right? Because everybody this, this day is Googling something, they're on their mobile, and if you cannot be in that market, um, you're gonna have a very difficult time, you know, exposing yourself to clients, right? A different type of clients, right? And that's one of the benefits of online marketing, that you can really just kind of, you know, get out there right away, right? Um, and then equally important, I would say, is that once you do have a website, if you do have digital marketing, or, what are market strategies you have? Once you're doing it, 
uh, stick to it for not one month, two months, three months, you're, you always want to make sure that you've exhausted all avenues before you, uh, you know, give up on a particular area, right? And in some respects, some areas are a no-brainer, right? Like, you know, if you have a choice between digital marketing, meaning like website development, SEO, and even AdWords versus radio, like yeah. you probably want to test out online first because it's cheaper, yeah. right? Rather than investing like, you know, uh, in like CP24 ads right from day one and then, yeah. you know, you realize, wait a minute, this is probably not as it, because as online marketing is very effective, right? In terms of... Not value. necessarily effective, but measurable, right? Sorry, measurable, see, yes. Yeah, that's you can right. see yes. uh, exactly how many people came, yeah. how many people right. play, how yeah. Versus CP24 it's targeted. radio, it's targeted, yeah, targeted, targeted as well, right? right? Instead of just targeting everyone, you're targeting specifically uh, the people that are looking for your service. That's right, and hire free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the other thing was, uh, what I was going to say was, yeah, and then once you get the clientele from your online market, make sure you don't ruin, you don't ruin your reputation, right? Yeah. Like, don't get caught up in, like, I got to just, you know, increase my budget from day one, and now I got to get more clients and build your systems, build your marketing plan properly and then establish a proper credible reputable reputation online as well right so yeah you may be able to get 10,000 clients but now you're getting like you know 900 bad reviews every month right so that's not smart either so take a step by step but um, overall you know the fundamentals are the same right like make sure you connect with those people who are experts whether it's in digital marketing whether it's in any area really right like you want to always reach out to the experts you can't do everything yourself right it's impossible and that's Another learning lesson I've learned that everybody has their own contribution to you, your success. So you always need to rely on other people, right? And that's, you know, now I'm getting to like this excess, this kind of like philosophical, philosophical area. Okay. Like philosophy or like, you know, uh, but it's, it's true, right? Like the world uh, has a way of giving back as well, right? So always recognize that those who, uh, you know, have something to offer, you know, you always take advantage of that and you always try to give back as well, right? Yeah. Because... I've learned that in business as well. It's a huge thing, right? Like, you know, we have clients, for example, who are going through difficult times, and we always try to help them, give them fee discounts, you know, that kind of stuff even, right? And I had noticed, that, like, overall, then you get good reviews, yeah. clients respect you, right? Yeah. And even your business relationships, your business dealings, all that stuff matters, right? So it's not just putting a website up and boom, I'm good to go. That That's what I'm saying. There's steps, the adjustments you make day by day, learning lessons, and learning from them moving on, right? And then... Making sure you don't forget those lessons, right? So, uh, but overall, yeah, fantastic experience. Five years counting. Um, yeah. All right, perfect. All right, guys. Uh, again, this was Asman Sadik. I'll put a link in the description to his website. It's simpledivorce.ca. He's a family lawyer. But if you guys have any questions for him or me directly, put them in the description, and uh, we'll try to get those answers for the next video. Thank you.